to My First Dungeon, the tabletop role-playing podcast where we help you learn new games and make each one better than the last. Each season, we choose a new game to play and a different GM to run it. Then we circle back around to discuss what went right, what went wrong, and how we can make our next game even better. On this show, we want to set up both game masters and players for success and make it as easy as possible to pick up a new game and just play. And this season, we're playing a game called Die. As always, my name is Brian Flaherty, and this season I will be the Game Master, and I am extremely excited, and I gotta be honest, extremely nervous to run this system, but I cannot wait to get started. I think it's gonna be so much fun. Uh, But before we can get started, we need to introduce some other people, because a game is not just a Game Master. Game is a Game Master and players. So let's start with some familiar voices to this show. First off, he is a regular player on My First Dungeon. You will recognize him as Grink from Ten Candles, Nuki from Wander Home, and even as the Game Master from Honey Heist. You can also hear him on the 20 Sided Podcast and see him off-Broadway in The Art of Killing It, as well as performing at comedy shows around New York City. It is none other than Chinook Tessera. How you doing, man? Hey! What's up, Brian? Good to be back. Great to have you. We love you, as always. <laughs> oh, that intro made me seem so much more impressive than I actually am. It's exactly as impressive as you are. I even left off things to keep it short. (laughs) Next up, you may remember him as the retired Black Bear mastermind Filbert in Honey Heist, but you'll probably recognize him from his hilarious YouTube show, Drawfee, where he and his co-hosts take dumb ideas and make even dumber drawings. He's also the player to teach me firsthand that if the party you're DMing has a paladin, be sure to make some area effect spells because you ain't never getting past that AC. It is none other than Nathan Yaffe. Hello. Thanks for having me, Brian. Hello. Great to have you back. Oh, this, I'm so excited. I'll never forget the first time I had to come up against a like 25 AC after shield spells and things. I was like, oh, well, this encounter's over. <laughs> love that AC. Love that AC. Gotta love it. Next up, this veteran player has appeared in almost every season of My First Dungeon, starting as the DM for our very first episodes, then as Wendy from Something is Wrong with the Chickens, and then as Barbara from Ten Candles. You can also find her playing on the 20-sided podcast's current arc, Prisoners of the Static, which I promise will be returning to your podcast players very, 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 very soon. I am sure you can probably guess who it is by now. It is none other than... Abby Hepworth. Abby, how's it going? Hello, Brian. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> it's great to see you from across the room. I know, so great to see you. Yeah. From well, a, such a distance. Such a distance that we never see each other in the apartment that we share. Yeah. All right, the next two players. <laughs> all right, the next two players are new voices to this podcast, and I'm very excited to have them on board. First up, he is a TT RPG writer, actual play producer, and performer from the UK. Right now, you can find him playing in the actual play streams Higher Education at 5e Strixhaven Actual Play and Table Stories Kingmakers. You can also find him appearing on Dragon Talk and Party of One. Please welcome to the show, Draconix! Hi, um, thanks for having me. Like, you're really good at these introductions. I feel amazing. And that's way cooler <laughs> than I actually am. Thank you. If I start this high, you know, everyone knows it can only go downhill from here. So I got to get as high <laughs> as I possibly can so that the ending is still above sea level. That's the key. Start on Everest. And after two days, you're still not going to make it to the bottom of the ocean, you know? <laughs> And now we travel from the UK back through eight time zones to Los Angeles, California, where you can find our next player writing and acting on Dropout, 
when she's not streaming as Jacuzzi Tubs on Twitch. You can also find her hosting Fuck Mary Kill Champions on You Jokes. I am very pleased to introduce Carolyn Page. Hello. Hello, hello, oh, hello. Th- thanks for having me. So nice to be here with all of you. So nice to have you. This season is going to be a little bit different from past seasons. Instead of running just a one shot, we play the whole game in one session. We are going to be running six sessions of a campaign the Die Core rulebook refers to as Rituals. In Die, just as in the comics, we will build characters called Personas. These are the deeply flawed people that will be pulled into the fantasy world, warped by their passions and their obsessions. Then with this done, the six of us will step away from the table, return as our personas, and will create their RPG characters called Paragons. These will be the twisted versions of fantasy classes you may be familiar with. The cleric becomes the godbinder. The bard becomes either the swashbuckling fool or the terrifying dictator. We will be six players playing personas who are in turn playing Paragons. It's more than a little meta, but don't worry, it's going to be a blast. It'll make sense. It's going to be great. We'll explain the game mechanics as we go throughout the season, but if you want a crash course from the game designer himself, check out episode one of this series. With all that out of the way, I think it's time to dive in. You guys ready? Yeah! 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 Yes. Yes, yes. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not ready, I'm not ready. I would like to answer in the affirmative, please. In the affirmative. Yes, I consent. First thing we want to talk about is what the game book refers to as the magic circle. This is kind of our pre-game conversation to make sure everyone's on the same page on what the story we're trying to tell is, what our lines and veils are, and kind of what we're trying to do in general. First thing to think about is... What kind of tone are we looking for with this story? Specifically kind of like looking at towards the ending. Are you looking at something that will end on a major chord, that will end in a a beautiful, happy way where everyone kind of gets what they want, everyone's happy? Will it end on a downbeat where it's, you know, a bit of a minor chord, things are bittersweet, but things are looking good? Or are we playing a tragedy? You know, what kind of game are we looking at? Because I think if we know what kind of ending we're aiming towards, it'll be much easier to kind of play through. Uh, So what do you guys think? I think that's a cool way to start a game is to kind of know where you're going. <laughs> it's easier yeah. to get there. Yeah. I think the ending will still be a mystery. I think we're still not knowing where we're going, but knowing roughly the vibe we're going for will help us kind of dictate our paths a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think we were like middle note, right? Like middle, yeah. like over to a middle note. Like a bittersweet, bittersweet like yeah. a nice yeah. semi-sweet yeah. chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> nice. A nice <laughs> baking <laughs> chocolate. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, yeah. when, when, you're, when you're younger, you want that milk chocolate that's sweet. But now it's like my, my palate's matured a mm-hmm. little. And I, I, I like that bittersweet. Like a, like a chocolate-covered espresso bean. Mmm, yeah. All right, you'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> lost me with the espresso bean. But, but I, get the, I get the message. <laughs> yeah, I like a little mix of... of happy but we had to sacrifice some stuff yeah yeah one person dies what one, one of, person dies one exactly emotionally one complicated <laughs> great yeah i think that's kind of where this game wants to live as a whole in general which is great we are a, a group of six people and this is a a game that kind of thrives on emotionally wrought characters uh, but something that could happen is like inter-party conflict is that mm. something you guys are interested in, in exploring or is that something you'd rather leave out of the game an inter-party conflict could be, you know, I, th- I feel like arguments and things w- are, 
kind of like standard things within role playing game. But do you want player versus player, you know, combat? Do you want something more uh, explicit of characters versus characters? Is that something you're okay with broaching? Is that something you'd rather leave out of the game? I don't think I want player on player combat necessarily, but I'm fine with us having a tiff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, totally opposed to player be player combat, but I find it's pretty hard to like do that organically. Maybe that's because I have problems like expressing anger, which I'm sure will be solved by the end. Of the <laughs> yeah, this is therapy, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, my my therapist canceled on me, so I just decided to jump into this call. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy decision. Healthy decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if it comes up, if like our tiff escalates. I'm okay with it. Like, we don't need to shut it down and be like, we just said we weren't going to do this. Yeah, I'll fight any of you. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) If we learn anything from this conversation, it's that RPGs are a acceptable substitute for therapy. Mm. Just just come play with me. We'll do it for free. (laughs) That's what I've been using them for. (laughs) Very healthy. One of the character classes in this game is the dictator. The dictator's power is their voice, their ability to control other characters, other NPCs. Um, but possibly other player characters. So there is a, a aspect of this game where a dictator may choose to use their voice on another player character, kind of taking away the agency of that player. Is that something you guys are interested in playing? Obviously, we'll explore it in as safe a way as possible and make sure everyone's okay with it. Is that something you guys are cool with? Yeah, tell me what to do, Daddy. I'm cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> Fine by me. Great. I'm less enthusiastic about it than you, but still, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Tell me what to do, but not tell me what to do, Daddy. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I'll keep that in mind. Keep that last word out. <laughs> um, cool. And the last thing kind of I want to talk about in this section is safety tools and lines and veils that'll be used kind of throughout this series. If you're not familiar with lines and veils, they are a safety tool. Kind of a line is something we leave completely out of the fiction. It's a line we do not cross. And a veil is something that is kind of it exists in the world, but it's behind a veil. It's obscured. We don't address it directly. Um, if you're interested in learning more about these safety tools, there'll be links in the description for you to check out. Um, I highly encourage you to use them in any of your tabletop games. In general, for any of my games, lines for me, I'm never going to like address uh, sexual assault or anything. I'm not going to get, you know, we're not going to be killing children. But are there any other? <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. Uh, thumbs, thumbs up, up around that. the call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we want to have fun. We don't want to do anything, you know, crazy. But it's like, Important to say it explicitly at the top. Yeah. Are there any other lines or veils that anyone has that they would rather not explore or would rather not get explicitly into? And there's also a thing, if if they come up at any time throughout the game and you realize that you do have one that you didn't think of now, this is not a set in stone thing. These can be added or subtracted as the game goes. I think my only, I guess there's more of a veil than anything else. I don't like descriptive eye violence. Anything with the eyes... Describing it in too much detail icks me out. Um, you can mention it. You can be like, they got, I don't know, shot in the eye, but don't explain how it looked when it, when it happened. <laughs> fair. Very fair. I had a very traumatic eye experience a couple of years ago, so I'm very much on the same deal as you. Um, I would prefer if, if, if you've like built a character around this, then we can work around it. But uh, if, if for people's like weaponry, if we just kind of didn't do guns, um, oh, okay. I oh, would prefer. I'm about that too. That's great. Pick something more fantasy fun. But again, if you've like built your character in your head around this concept, like let's talk it out. It's fine. Cool. 
So that'll be a thing that specifically would impact the Neo. So when we get to kind of the Neo character creation, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But great. And the only other safety tool thing that we will use here is the X card. So if at any time anyone feels something is happening in the game that they're just like not about, they're not comfortable with, they don't really want to play anymore, or it's just making it less fun, there's an X card on the table. You can type it in the chat. I'll have that open. And so if I see that, I will quickly, you know, change the fiction, push us away from whatever area we are in to make sure everyone's like still having fun because we want to make sure this is a cool game for everybody. Can I ask about the um, guns? What about like lasers or like a phaser? I love a laser. Weapon? Is that okay? Cool. Lasers and phasers are totally cool. (laughs) (laughs) It goes pew pew instead of bang bang. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you can set it to stun. (laughs) Yeah. Pew pew is good. So with this game, we are going to be using the reunited concept from the book, which is all all six of us are a group of friends who used to play role-playing games together in like high school or as kids. And we are kind of coming back together 15, 20, 25 years later to play again. Uh, That's kind of like where we're starting at. That's the, the truth of the world. But other than that, we know nothing about each other until we start talking about it now. Um, So this is where we're going to start generating our personas. These are the in-world characters we're going to be playing. I know some people here have talked to me about ideas they have. Some people here have no ideas. Some people here have like small sketches of ideas. So we're going to kind of parse this out together. And the way the book does this is kind of asking people questions. So we're going to go through, I'm going to kind of go around and ask each of you a question or two, and we'll kind of build this world together and then kind of build our personas together. Nice. So why don't we start with... uh, Chinook, you want to start us off? Sure, man. Tell me, why did this group get together? Like, why did the six of you get together? What was kind of the thing that brought you uh, together? Like, brought us back or brought us to the place uh, for the first time? Brought you together the first time. We uh, we were all kind of, like, drifting apart in terms of, like, our different interests in school and whatnot. And this was, like, one thing we all knew we enjoyed. Like, that could bring us together as, like, a group of of friends or, or like like our friendships were kind of like maybe drifting apart and we were like, we need to save this somehow. And someone brought us this game to, to try and do that. Cool. Nathan. Yeah. What was the school that you guys were at like? Like what was the vibe of the school? The vibe of the school. Uh, I'm just going to pull from my own personal experience. Uh, big public high school with like these smaller specialized programs within it. So these sort of the like enclaves of nerds within this like huge public high school. Yeah, maybe we were all uh, like in in different ones. Like we were we were scattered between, you know, depending on our different academic interests. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were friends from from middle school and we, we wanted to play this game so that we could still hang out, even though we were all in a different little our little tracks, that cool thing that public schools do where they track you into, <laughs> into different, uh, different paths. Yeah. Really, really a healthy way to educate students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like they double down <laughs> on the concept of making you choose your life path when you're 18 at college, but they just bumped it back to like 12. Yeah. Because yeah. if, yep. if you don't know by then, then, then you're, doing, you're screwed. Like, yeah. You're, doing? <laughs> yeah. you're doing it wrong. You've what are you doing? Wrong. <laughs> To all the kids out there, you have to know by 12. You have to know by 12. Preferably earlier, but 12 is like the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, 12 is the, like, if, if you get to 12 and you're just figuring it out, like, mm, you're probably not going to make it. 
<laughs> Amidala was already a senator by then, I think. So like... <laughs> uh, this is depressing me. <laughs> uh, Carolyn, my persona, my, my character ran the game that we played. Whether or not I got us together, I was the, the GM. What was the name of the fantasy world that our game was set? And what was kind of like the, the vague vibe of it? Mm. Uh, I know I gave you the hard one. <laughs> let's, yeah, I was just like, wow, okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm a big classical, in my real life, big classical fantasy nerd. So let's say it's called Glorthalion. And wow. it's like this epic high fantasy world with kind of Glorthalion. That's awesome. I've also been playing a lot of Total War 3, so I'm big in like the big sweeping epic fantasy like dwarves and elves and orcs and tree men and stuff. Love it. Sweet. The world of Glorthalion. See, you know the voice (laughs) immediately. (laughs) You immediately know what that world looks like. I know. It tells me a lot about my character when they name their game Glorthalion. I'm just like, yes, Glorthalion. (laughs) I love it. Drac, why don't you tell us how many years has it been since we last visited this world? How many years has it been since we last played a game together? Ooh. Um, I think it's been like 20 years. Love it. Yeah, 20 years. And then, Abby, I'm going to start with you kind of ask, talking about your individual players. Okay. And at any time, you guys can like feel free to like jump in and add and subtract stuff. Uh, if you all of a sudden realize you've discovered the name of your persona, like yell it out, you know, go crazy. <laughs> But Abby, at the most basic level, like, how did people think of you at school? Were you the straight A student? Were you the Joker? Were you, you know, the tech nerd? Were you a wallflower? What was kind of your, on the most broadest sense, how did at least other people think of you? Well, I have a question about connecting um, persona and paragon. Mm-hmm. Of if I have a vague idea of the paragon, should it be at like, should it be very intimately connected to my persona? Um, I would say, yeah, you kind of want it. I, th- I think this game really uh, thrives on flawed characters and also paragons that create a, that fill a lack that was in the persona's, you know, core life. Cool. Um, I think that in high school, I was very much like the group mom. I always had, like, tampons and Band-Aids and snacks and... <laughs> was like checking in and and was in a similar vein also the friend who was a little bit of a buzzkill of being like mm, maybe that's not a good idea <laughs> it was like <laughs> dangerous or I a little bit that. scary of of yeah so i was like the group mom always prepared <laughs> the, the boy mom scout <laughs> every group needs a snack captain yeah. everyone needs it <laughs> Snack captain. I yes. love that. I like that better than group mom. I was the snack <laughs> captain. <laughs> that, so that was kind of the, the, how people saw you. Mm-hmm. Um, how were you different from that? That's how people saw you. That's maybe how you were. But how, what were some ways that you kind of like broke that, that mold, that stereotype? Um, I don't know. If anyone has ideas or wants to throw some things my way. Um, I could also, let, let me keep going around and I'll yeah, come back. Yeah, circle back. Let me think on it. Nathan, kind of same question to you. Like at your most basic level, how did people think of you at school? Again, we're just going to pull from actual experience and just heighten it a little. I Unlucky. 
I think is the unlucky. Yeah. If oh. everyone was doing something like bad and just being cool about it, not getting caught, I try I pick it up. Everyone's passing around a joint or a bottle of alcohol at lunch. They do it all the time. It's fine. I always see them like, uh, maybe not for me. And then finally one time I work up the courage to do it. That's when that's when I get caught. Oh God. Everyone everyone's <laughs> cheating on a test, but I'm the only one who gets uh who gets caught. I think, yeah. Just trying my best to meet the expectations of like the different things, whether it's academics or social, and just not quite being able to strike the balance the, the other people do. Absolutely love that. Yeah. And then when I invited you to play this game, not in real life, in the fiction, obviously. Yeah. We, you right. know, we're getting layers here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why did your character decide to join? Like, what, what sold it for you? I think initially, just like, I feel like I was friends with y'all uh, through middle school, but I don't know, y'all got your your high school group of friends going and I was kind of adrift. And then the fact that, Brian, you your character invited me to be part of this was like, oh, okay, great. Yes, I'd love to be part of something that I won't get in trouble for. And uh doesn't seem like too much, too much trouble. And then I think my first character probably wasn't that good of a character. Just uh -huh. like <laughs> didn't understand the game very well. But boy, oh boy, did I really, uh, did I really have fun playing and uh, sort of, sort of dove in. Every every other subsequent character was like, oh, I got to do a better job than that first one. As you kind of built your characters, where did you start? Like, what kind of, you know, did you start as like a randomly generated, you know, cleric, and then like build up to like crazy min max? I know all the subclasses, or like, what yes. was kind of your like D and D, you know, equivalent? Yeah, I think the the first character we just like random rolled everything. We were just like, uh, roll a dice. This is your race. Roll a dice. This is your class. Here are your stats. And again, just like bad rolls on the stats to start. <laughs> just, like, very mediocre. Because again, this is like very similar to my first experience actually playing D anD D, where um, it's very memorable having a character that's just weak and not good, yeah. and you're always afraid you're going to die. It like <laughs> Just like real life. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is reality. It's, this, it's supposed to be a game. <laughs> Drac, kind of heading over to you. Uh, how did yeah. people see you, and how did you... What, what, what was true in how people saw you, and what was kind of... How did you break that mold? How did you break that stereotype? So what people saw of my character... And I have a name for him. His name is Enoch. His name is Enoch. Ooh, hell yeah. And um, I think it was very much a goody two-shoes, like a like top grade student. Like he, he didn't mess around with any any drugs, no alcohol. He always gave his homework in on time, would ask for extra work. It's probably that one kid who was like, uh, teacher, did, I think you forgot to give us homework. <laughs> you mentioned you were going to give us homework before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was definitely that, that kid. The kind where everyone's like, this kid's going places. Well, at least right, that's what the teacher said. Whether or not that is true. Uh, no, it's not. But, um, <laughs> but in that moment, in that time, everyone thought that he would. How he kind of strayed from that, I think is more of his home life. He is just like 
the most unreliable person when it comes to anything anything with a family whenever they need him to do chores or any kind of be helpful in any way shape or form he's just incredibly unreliable it's almost like he's in, in school he's like turned switched on focused and the moment he steps out everything is like i can't be bothered with anything or, or really everything so very much, I, I guess the opposite of um, Abby's character, very much the, the one that needs the help of the, the mom friend because they are very incompetent in everything but school. Love that. And then outside of school, what other interests did you have, if any? Like, were there any books, TV shows, games, comics, or was it just all, if it, if it was school, what was like the subject that really grabbed you? I do think it was cool because I think the moment he got gets home, he's just like on the couch for as long as physically possible, either zoning out or watching mindless TV. But in school, I think he really clung on to like the sciences, like chemistry, physics, biology, all of that kind of stuff, very numerical stuff, IT as well. And I think he probably even like leaned more into IT than anything else. I think that was his kind of thing. Carolyn. Same to you. What, uh, how did people think of you at school? How did you kind of like break that mold? Like what, what was true and what they saw and what was actually just a visage that you were putting up or just what they chose to see? I'm going to draw a little bit from my own life and a little bit definitely not from my own life. <laughs> but I think in high school, they were kind of seen as, uh, she was kind of seen as a bully actually oh. because she was getting bullied at home really badly by her older sister who's this kind of cruel, you know, Older siblings can... Bu- this is not drawn from my own life because I am the older sister. <laughs> I hope I'm not a bully. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> but I think she was t- took that cruelty that was shown to her and like that anger turned outward. And I think this group of friends was kind of the one of the only places when she felt where she felt kind of safe and like she could not have to be angry all the time. And then... Also, I think people saw her as just kind of like like a chonky, like meaty slab of a young girl who was also a bully. <laughs> Love a meaty slab. <laughs> a meaty slab. Slab yeah. of a young woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we describe her. A real meaty slab of a young woman. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that. That feels like a good one. It's exactly the kind of way that I feel like is a wonderful way to describe a character. But if anyone ever referred to me in that way as a high schooler, I would have died. (laughs) Right, right. And like, yeah. And so I think she, over the years, kind of like turned that. There's a lot of like self-loathing there, like so many high schoolers have. Even Mm. ones who aren't meaty slabs. (laughs) Or thin deli cut slices. <laughs> thin deli, that real thin deli cut. Where do you fall on the meaty slab to thin deli cut spectrum? Now I'm just thinking of like thick slab bacon. I'm just like, ooh, now, now I'm just hungry. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, yeah I'm just hungry now. Uh, bad way to start a game. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's all take a sandwich break. Yeah, snack captain, <laughs> snack captain. I've <laughs> got deli meats for all, don't worry. Mm. And... What did you love and or hate about playing this game with the rest of the group? Like what made you keep coming back and what maybe like every now and then gave you pause if, if one or the other? Mm. I think she, I think I loved that in the game, I could, didn't have any of these problems that I had in my real life. Like it's total escapism. 
and kind of all my problems in real life were solved by being in the game. And then something that snagged me, that's a really interesting question. I'm trying to think, what annoys me about my real friends? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and please uh, name them. Yeah, yeah. Name them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think something that... I think maybe the amount of time that it took to, like, get everything set up mm. and, like organized and like the planning aspect of it she was probably like pretty impatient with that and just be like hurry up like why are you you don't have to plan so much like let's just go was your persona one of the people who's trying to like get it planned were you like taking the initiative to get the group together or were you like or were you like ribbing other characters to like take the initiative i think she would be ribbing other people to take the initiative and she wasn't trying to plan or organize anything. Love it. Who have I yet to do? Chinook, I haven't done you yet. Yeah, man. Same to you. How did, how did people see you and what if that was true and what was maybe something they were just seeing? Sure. My character, he's a, he was a, like a, a high school, like classic jock, like six foot three built, could have gone to the NBA type guy, uh, clearly drawing from my own life. Um, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, you're a meaty slab yeah. of a man. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. There is a way different tone. Meaty slab of a man, meaty slab of a woman is a whole different thing. <laughs> I yeah. can't really put that together. <laughs> and like, you know, classic jock, good at sports, like meh at, at school, but like had all the pressure of like, you know, the dad's like, oh, you got to be good at football, son, uh, type stuff. Uh, and like, you know, charming in that way. Uh, not like tried to be one of those guys that like wasn't a bully but like wouldn't like stick up for other kids because he like wanted to be popular uh type person was kind of like the the what everyone kind of saw and then like what people didn't see was like big big loved collecting pokemon cards like that was his stick at home <laughs> uh, loved it that's adorable big old, <laughs> big old big old little nerd at, at, at home um but like was afraid to show that uh which is like, I guess, uh, why he he really wanted to play this game with with these folks because he could be this little 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 nerd guy uh, with 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 them. But like, you know, would do like the party scene and stuff to like play the facade of I'm cool. Nice, love that. When you when you played in like those early games when you were in high school, when you were playing your characters, did you end up collecting a lot of like familiars or like you know animal companions or something? Oh, of course he did. Absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. What was your favorite animal familiar companion or like pet beast that you picked up on one of these campaigns? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, his name was Bingus. He was uh, <laughs> a little like squirrel uh, thing with, with wings that he, he loved dearly. Aww. Bingus. I would die for Bingus. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Say the whole party immediately. <laughs> oh, uh, and his, his name is uh, Jay, but like... Like this group of people, they know him. Like his real name is Jayamal. He just did that thing where it's like, I don't want my name to be Brown type uh, oh. of change, you know? Can you spell it? Uh, uh, J J A Y, Abby. Oh, uh, cool. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to clarify whether this was just the letter J, J A Y, J A E. Uh, Jayamal is J A Y A M A L. No, that one I knew. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. My bad. <laughs> Chanute, kind of staying with you for a second. When we got together and played, where did we 
play? Did we have like a set spot, a set time? Or were we like finding wherever we could go? Was there like someone's house? Was there a creepy room in the basement of the school? Where we were playing in the basement of someone's parents' coffee shop. I'll oh. let, I'll let someone choose who wants their parents to have a coffee shop. I'll do, uh, yeah. I feel like I'm part of my, my snack captain thing is I'm constantly stealing stuff from the back stock and hyped up on caffeine. Love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do your parents still own the coffee shop? Have you taken it over? What's the status of that coffee shop today? Yeah, like uh, 25, 20 years later. The coffee shop exists. I do not work there. But do your parents still own it as well? Yes, they do. Oh yeah. What was that? Uh, what was it called? Mm, espresso yourself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's that's actually that's a real coffee shop in Tacoma, Washington. That I always thought the name of it was really really funny. <laughs> Shout out to Espresso Yourself. If you want to uh, advertise on this podcast, just hit me up. <laughs> I always just thought it had a really funny name. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Espresso Yourself. Espresso Yourself. No, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> no offense to the real store. Um, Express yourself. If you still want to advertise here. Just <laughs> it, it could be, um, we'll do the beanstalk. And they oh, also sell like vegetarian nice. sandwiches and things. Nice. That's good. <laughs> I got it. Naming a store in the real life, the beanstalk, when we're about to enter a fantasy game, it's just it's a it's a gift to the game master. <laughs> yeah, nice. Players out there, gift your game master some things. <laughs> I I realistically I adore puns and so I do love the name espresso yourself. It just kind of also makes me laugh. Oh, while we're on it, uh Enoch and uh sorry, was it JML or JML? Uh JML. JML. What were your uh personas uh pronouns? He him. He they for Enoch. Oh yeah. Abby. Yes. Of the six of us who are playing, who is the smartest of the group? Or who did at least your character think was the smartest of the group? Hmm. I think that I always suspected that Carolyn's character is the smartest of the group and would then get frustrated that you always handed off the planning duties where you were like, I don't want to take on all that responsibility because I feel like you can. And that you are the smartest of the group. Carolyn, in this group, was there any people or like other groups at the school that this group or any members of it were particularly like scared of or tried to avoid? I think that maybe we were trying to be on the down low about stuff because of Jay's connection to like the cool kids and like this, mm. like the popular jocks and like, I didn't really want to tussle with them. Although I think I did like see them at parties and stuff, but I was more like lighting the joint that Nathan's character would get <laughs> caught with later. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, so I think we, we, tried to be pretty stay away from like the jocks because we didn't want to like dull Jay's shine but that was never like explicitly said mm -hmm. we just all kind of knew like this guy's cool like we need to protect that yeah, we got a good and, thing going here yeah don't want to blow up his spot yeah <laughs> Makes sense. I really love that we also have the beginning and end of the short film that is the story of the joint. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it starts, we spend five minutes with each character, you know? Yeah. 
And Carolyn, do you, does your uh, persona have a name? I don't really have a good name yet. If anyone has a name for a meaty slab of a girl, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll have her pronounce me she, her. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll come back. You keep thinking. Anna, maybe? I like the name Anna. Anna. Sure. It's a flexible name. Yeah. yeah. Let's go Anna. Anna. I'm thinking if she's a big meaty slab of a girl, you got to have two ends in the middle of those A's. You can't just have one. Oh, it's two ends? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> one for each bicep. Uh. <laughs> also, I feel like for someone who gets bullied, Anna is a good name because there's so many like teases you can make with that name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Rhymes with so many things. Yeah. yeah cruel things. <laughs> you say that now, literally all I can think of is Anna Banana, and I'm like, that's not yeah. that bad. Yes, yeah, Anna Banana. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Banana. Drac. Who was your favorite and least favorite person in the group? Oh. <laughs> yes. We're getting real now. Yeah, we're getting real. And it. you have to do, then you have to do real life. Do the characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's easy. Real life is easy. <laughs> um, oh, I think that's a really tough one. I think probably least favorite might be Nathan's character. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, because I feel like Jeez, why did you say that man come on <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of because like every time Nathan gets caught it's kind of like yeah Nathan gets in trouble but then whatever they got in trouble for the teachers look for it more so it's harder yeah. to do it next time mm. oh interesting okay so cool it's, not it's even ruining like, it like, for the rest of us yeah yep. so it's not even like I think at some point we're like we cannot let Nathan's character in, be involved in this. No slight to them. This is really unlucky. And yeah. so I think, yeah, that's kind of the reason, the reason behind it. Um, like the most, honestly, I think Abby's character. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think if you're okay with this, I think you probably looked after my character, you know, quite a bit. Cause yeah. unless it came with, unless it was homework, he was, not helpful or useful or competent in any way, shape, or form. So I imagine you've um, you've given him plenty of snacks. Um, I was going to say, I like, feel like as we've done study <laughs> sessions where I have specifically been like, and what have you eaten today? Here's an apple. Yeah, like, oh, I forgot to eat. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go through uh, one more section of questions. I'm going to ask each of you one question, and then we're going to do a follow-up question for each person. And then by the end of this, we're going to uh, kind of jump forward in time. For the first question, uh, let's start with Nathan. Yeah. At school, you had a significant gift, you, something you were really good at or something you really cared about, something that you had like real potential and everyone was aware of it. It's something that you, that you cared about a lot. What was it? Oh, wow. Um, hmm. I think maybe as a really good writer, like creative writer, I had a hard time finishing what I started, but uh, I had all these ideas for stories I wanted to tell. And any anytime I did manage to finish something, it it got it got recognized, which uh, of course led to its own problems of like pressure and you know when someone tells you you're you're good at something, then it's like oh well the next time I do that thing, it it better be as good as everyone says it is, or right or else they're I'm proving them wrong. Uh, also, I think my character's name is Ned. Oh, that just, Love just Ned. feels right. And Ned, uh, what are your pronouns? Uh, he, him, uh, and I. Yeah, I love this this idea that like Ned is so just desperate to fit in and like 
not ruffle any feathers and just and just can't just he has this reputation of like oh if ned's involved you're gonna it's it's gonna be the end of (laughs) it's gonna be the end you know i'm just trying to trying to do you know trying not to be a troublemaker just trying to have friends and it's like oh ned the troublemaker ned the one who's gonna like the lightning ride it's it's so tragic that you're really not a troublemaker and just you're always the one that gets caught yeah yeah, I think that's like like to, to more specifically go back to like the the first uh, question you asked. It's like, yeah, I think people maybe did see me as as a troublemaker, whereas in reality, I'm just unlucky. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. looking for trouble. I just trouble trouble finds trouble me. Finds you, man. Yeah. Describing a high schooler as unlucky is so heartbreaking. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, Chanuk, let's go to you. You also had something that was very important to you. I know we've talked about sports. We've talked about like Pokemon cards. What was the thing that was like most important to you, whether or not people knew it? Is it like a a physical, tangible thing or like? It could be a physical, tangible thing. It could be an aspect of yourself. It could be a goal, a way you see yourself. Cool, cool. Yeah. It could be anything. Uh, So I think Jay uh, always, I guess, is that sad? Uh, We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> uh, just was always very afraid of being alone, uh, which is why I think he really embraced this personality of, 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 of like being a jock or whatever, like could not for the life of him, like be alone with like himself and like needed friends or like people and like that validation in, in, in those ways. So, uh, found it any way he, he could. And when he, he couldn't had to find ways to like cope with, with that, uh, healthy or unhealthy. Love that. Abby, why don't I come to you? You back then had a goal in your life, a goal for your life, what you wanted to be, what you wanted to do. What was it? Doesn't have to be like dream job, but it's it's a thing that you held dear that you're like, I'm chasing this. I know that I want to do this. I want to be this. Hmm. I think something that was really oh, and I came up with a name. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm gonna be Kelly. For reasons unknown, that name is stuck in my head right now. Kelly with an okay. I or Kelly with a Y? Kelly with a Y. Ooh. Kelly with a Y. And um, her pronouns are she, her. And I think Kelly, it was part of the reason she, so I'm circling back to like the question that you'd asked me earlier of like being the group mom and and how is it different of, of part of being this group mom persona came from the fact that like with her parents' coffee shop, running a small business is really hard. And so it was always kind of like a uneasy, wary, like, what are we going to do for Christmas this year? Presents or no uh, sort of a thing. And so it's important to her to kind of try to maintain this, um, to make things more of a status quo and even. And so I think a big goal for her was to, when she reached adulthood, find some way to feel very like settled and just kind of like, we're good, we're set, don't need to freak out about, you know, good year, bad year, inflation, whatnot. So I think that was a goal that was important to her. And then, wait, I was going to say also going back to the like group mom, a way that she actually breaks from that and that she doesn't think anybody knows about her is that where she actually gets all of her like supplies and other sorts of things is uh, she steals it from the coffee shop, from CVS, from wherever it is where she feels very justified in being like, I need this because my friends need to be taken care of and my family needs to be taken care of. And so like, it's totally five finger discount. It's fine. (laughs) She's a little bit of a klepto. 
Did she ever steal anything for herself or is it just for other people? Always for others. Or to like supply the sort of general pack she always has on her. But yeah, it's very much an outward. I'll take care of everyone else because if everyone else is comfortable and safe, then it means I can be comfortable and safe. Don't bring Ned on your shoplifting trips. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe I like tried to take something once when you were at CVS with me and I immediately saw people like eyeing me. I was like, shit. He's really unlucky. It's true. <laughs> as as you took it, I just knocked like a whole thing of chips over. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, look at all these <laughs> chips. Oh, no, look at all these chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I perfect distraction. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we don't That's know. fun. But you <laughs> end up getting the you end up getting the fall, even though you didn't right. do yeah. anything that wrong. That guy's stealing the chips. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just knocked them over. My jacket's too puffy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could see someone like realizing that and using it in a weird way, being like, "Hey, Ned, go over and go to aisle three and like grab that thing." <laughs> but the real job's happening on aisle six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited to be invited grocery shopping. Is this too sad? No, no, I love it. It's so good. Ned is perfect. Okay. I would die for Ned. I would die for Ned. I will die for Bengus. (laughs) Carolyn, I think same question to you. You had a, a goal in life, something that was really important to you. What was that goal? I think... Maybe Enoch and Anna were like lab partners and she really was into the sciences and stuff. And she maybe wanted to do, I don't know, let's say neurochemistry. And she felt like she could do it. But then in high school, like so many of us, she just got like so angry and it kind of clouded things. And then I think she ended up maybe on one of these shoplifting heists wound up getting into some pretty bad trouble and it like hurt her chances for college and then maybe she went to college but then didn't end up graduating or never made it and then just never fulfilled that potential of like everyone was like even teachers being like hey I can tell you're really smart you got to get it together and she just never did and then now as an adult lives with that knowledge oh no is that too sad no it's good <laughs> Yeah. Some of these, a lot of these questions you guys have like already answered. So I'm trying to find like something, you know, more interesting. Wow. Um, We're head of the curve. Head of the curve, baby. I think in your teenage years, there was something kind of negative in your life that you had to deal with, whether that was like internal, whether that was an external force, whether that was home or school or friends. What was that kind of like shitty thing that was just kind of an an ever present kind of thing in your life that you had to kind of always be batting away? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I just thought it's on top of my head. I think I had an older brother and it was very much like your older brother's a doctor. Mm. Come on, Enoch. He needs to live up to that. And I don't think his brother ever like fed into it, but his parents would always mention it. Anyone that knew of his brother would always mention it. And that is kind of probably where he got the like, probably painful, but um, drive to be so focused when it came to school, but kind of was like, I just want to figure everything school related once he got home. Yeah. And I think that was the thing he kept like batting away, trying to make, trying not to compare himself to his brother all the time. I think it probably soured his relationship with his brother a little bit, even though his brother was never at fault for it. 
Love that. In a moment, we're going to jump ahead 25 years and kind of see where your personas ended up before we kind of dive into this game proper. But I'm realizing I forgot to do an important thing is introduce you to anything about my character. Because <laughs> uh, in this game, the, the game master is not just a game master. They are also a persona and a paragon and a player within the game. I'll be honest, I had two ideas and I'm still deciding between them. Smush them together. Yeah, or just pitch them. <laughs> yeah, we'll smush them together. My character's name is uh, Danny Green. Uh, he, him. Danny's D-A-N-I. Ooh. Ooh. Let me actually rather, because I, I had some ideas, I wrote some stuff out, but that's not fair. You guys answered a bunch of questions and I put you guys under the your feet to the burners. Uh, why don't you guys go around and everyone ask me a question or two about who my character is and we'll kind of define it together. I think, I don't think you answer really answers this question because at least with um, Caroline's character with Anna, they kind of batted it away to other people. Were you the one that brought us together? Do you think you were? Or I, I think I was. I think I learned about like role-playing games. I was like, oh, this would be a cool thing to try. You know, I think it was very like high fantasy D&D. I loved Tolkien and I loved very much like the, the high fantasy standards, you know, Wheel of Time and stuff. And I wanted to like play in that world. I think I was like really excited by that and pulled you guys in. You guys were like friends in middle school. Some of us got kind of separated in high school and I was kind of like, okay, these are the people I know. Let me bring them back in. And I knew Anna's parents' coffee shop was always Kelly. open. Kelly's parents' coffee shop was always open. <laughs> okay. I have a question for yeah, you. Go for it. So we've, I think we've kind of all established that we were friends in middle school and then went to high school and started drifting apart. So what originally brought us together in middle school? Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's a that's a question about all of our characters, I guess. But now yeah. you're in the hot seat. Right now you're in the hot seat. I, th- I think in middle school, a lot of it is like what class you're in. So I think base level, we just all were in the same class. Um, mm. But I think we all got put on a group project together. Mm. You know, like one of those first group projects you ever have to, because you don't do those in elementary school. You do those in like middle school and high school. And like, yeah, you do homework and you take it to friend's house and stuff like that's about the time that starts. And I think that's even where we discovered Kelly's parents' basement was like, we got stuck with this, with a science project we had to do. What do we have to do? We had to make a potato clock. You guys know <laughs> potato clock? <laughs> we had to make one of those. It was really hard because we bought the wrong kind of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing that's true, but uh, that's what happened in this fiction. Uh, um, no time in these potatoes. There's no time <laughs> in these potatoes. <laughs> these potatoes are outside yeah. of time. <laughs> we let Ned buy the potatoes. That <laughs> oh, yeah. Ned often just what... buy the potatoes. <laughs> I'm sorry I got the wrong potatoes, guys. <laughs> this is a yam. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. But the wrong starch entirely. Oh, no. Uh, but, I, but I think we, we did the product. We did as best we could. We didn't do it right. Like, our clock didn't work. But I think we did kind of, like, sell a story of, like, the magical potato that doesn't work. Like, hey, we... We didn't do it wrong. This is a magic potato or something. And that was like the first little spark for, for Danny of being like, oh, stories are fun. And this isn't just a lie. This is like goofy. This is fun. Role-playing games is like lying, but <laughs> it's more fun to lie when everyone agrees on the lie, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It probably was very That's much like profound. a thing where Danny said something and then we jumped on adding more and more to it. Just very... 
Yeah, yeah. Weirdly fluently yeah. and coherently. We just kept adding to the bit. <laughs> that was our first campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Potato clock. Potato, Potato clock. What would a character do if they knew they were part of a story? What would they say to the author that is pulling their strings? In Samantha Lee's solo RPG, Death of the Author, players take on the role of a character fighting for control over their narrative. Draw tarot cards and modify scene prompts to bend the story to your will. Each change, however, comes with a consequence, as the author may use your own words against you. Death of the Author is crowdfunding on Backerkit from May 14th to May 28th. You can find the project by searching Death of the Author Backerkit in your search engine of choice. Fight the narrative. Defy your author. Little Wolves is a folktale TTRPG where players fill the fur of shape-shifting werewolves in a realm of fey and of magic called the Enchanted Forest. Players will craft physical masks that represent their characters and use them during play to shift between their wolf and their mortal forms. As they perform favors and complete quests, new marks are made on their masks that reflect the real physical changes that the werewolves undergo. The enchanted forest is deep and detailed with fey queens, courts, and all manner of denizen for your werewolves to meet. The crowdfunding campaign for Little Wolves launches May 14th. You can follow the campaign at bytes.rip slash littlewolves. That's B-Y-T-E-S dot R-I-P slash littlewolves. And you can check out the free demo and quick start at bytes.rip slash littledemo. Hey there, it's Elliot from the Many Sided Media team. In addition to playing and producing here on My First Dungeon, I'm also a game designer known for such games as Something is Wrong with the Chickens, a rules-like game of chickens, eldritch horror, and revenge. Project Echo, a solo time travel game played in the pages of a planner. And the upcoming Rom-Com Drama Bomb, a three-player game of meet-cutes and mayhem. If you like weird and unique games and want to bring something new to your table, head to moreblueberries.shop and use code MYFIRSTDUNGEON for 20% off your order. That's M-O-R-E-B-L-U-E-B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot shop. Thanks! Uh, I have a question. Yeah, go for it. Does Danny see himself as the leader of the group? And that's why he took on the role of the DM. Or does he see somebody else as the leader and who? I, I think he, he fancies himself as the leader. Like, he wants to be. But I think because everyone kind of, like, bows a bit to Jayamal's social status, I think Jayamal kind of ends up being the leader. Not really trying to be, but just, like, <laughs> if... <laughs> 
I think if everyone asked like what time are we playing, we'd wait for you to answer because like you have the most practices and other social events. Mm. Mm. But I think I did try to like I wanted to be that person and never quite was. Okay. And was just I was just aware of it. Uh, my question is, like, we all had our own things kind of pulling us in different directions. What was Danny's thing that was pulling him away from the group? Or did Danny, was he, like, the only one that, like, did not have anything and was like, why is everyone moving away? I think that might have been a little bit more of it. Like, everyone else was getting pulled away and he was desperately trying to, like, this was his one, like, he saw this as, like, a rock, as, like, a place to return to. And for, I think for some of you it was, some of you it maybe wasn't, or like everyone had different levels of, you know, involvement. And I think Dan, if this was like the number one thing he had to do, like if, if everyone was available, cancel all the other plans, this is the thing. So when people did like drift, even if it wasn't, it felt a little bit personal because it was just a mismatch of expectations. Like he thought everyone was like all the way up here. And when someone else mm -hmm. had to cancel, even for like legitimate reasons, like, hey, I got to do a thing that hit him harder than it maybe did other people. Anyone else have a, have a cue for Danny? A cue? <laughs> no, a little cue, a lowercase cue. <laughs> what did Danny turn to when the group fell apart? I think when the group fell apart, Danny started writing more. Like he just started like writing down the stories that we did together and ended up like retreating into that fiction by like, reliving the stuff that we'd already done because um, like mm -hmm. that was his rock so he was like okay let's get back to that rock and let's re you know make a story version of you know the quest for the the potato clock and you know and everything <laughs> yeah. that we went on past that in in the world of glorthalion glorthalion <laughs> and now i want you guys to Imagine the years begin to pass. 10, 15, 20 years pass. Your characters are significantly different than they were 20 years ago when they were in high school. Everyone's, you know, approaching 40. Definitely on, on the wrong side of 30, as, you know, the saying goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to bum anyone out here who is on the wrong side of 30. <laughs> All of your personas are very different than you were in high school, and in some ways you're the same. Nathan, starting with you, your future never really coalesced. Like, mm -hmm. some some things did, some things worked out, some things didn't. I think you maybe remained unlucky. Yeah. What <laughs> happened, like, what, what happened that, that things didn't necessarily work out for Ned? Was it just that he was, as ever, unlucky? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's hard to outgrow, like, when you have a chip on your shoulder about that, you know, if you believe you're unlucky, you're going to trend towards bad, you know, you're going to see the, the glass half empty, you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, that was bound to happen. You know, you're just constantly nervous about the next time you're going to have something bad happen to you, so eventually you just stop stop taking risks and, and trying, because you're like, well, I, I know I know how this uh, how this song ends. I think that Ned, you know, just went to college because that was what was expected. Didn't really find anything that he was passionate about there. Just sort of graduated with a bachelor's degree and then tried to get a job in like sales 
and just was very bad at that. Not good at making cold calls, not good at just like maintaining these uh, these relationships, working on commission. And so just like jumping around from job to job and eventually, I think, um, moves back home with his parents who are very supportive, very, very nice, but like clearly had better expectations for him. But the economy being what it is and Ned being who he is. And then I think maybe Ned got a job working at uh, Kelly's parents' coffee shop. Oh, I like that. What is so, what does Ned do? Are you uh, like a barista? Uh, I think Ned started as a barista, but like has worked himself up to sort of like a, a managerial position, like handles some of the bookkeeping, handles like the other employees' schedules. Kelly's parents, I think, they're 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 pretty nice to Ned. They you know they they remember him from from high school days and are happy to have him around. But again, it's just that sort of thing where like trying to trying to save up money living at home with my parents, but not really sure what's next. Kind of just treading water. Not an unhappy existence, but not certainly not living up to my uh, potential. Love that. Chinook. Uh, should I say Jay? You were afraid of being alone in high school. Has that fear stayed with you? And are you alone or are, do you have like a group of people around you? Uh, yeah, I think that fear is still stuck with, with, with Jay. Yeah, I think now, like after high school, he like went to college on like a, a basketball scholarship. Um, and then he made it to the NBA. Let's just say that he did it. He did Yay! it. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. Yeah. He Congrats, was, man. He was there. He was doing it. Um, but like through that kind of like fell out with a lot of his friends from his younger days and like had a bunch of those like, oh, you're like doing well type of friends, like fake friends. That's what the word is. Fake friends. He, <laughs> he, he like has surrounded himself with people who are just like kind of like, yes, men and, and like don't really like are only there because of like he has clout and like money. But like, yeah is still craving that like real friendship that he used to have um but like is in this fake realm of like i have money and clout and wealth and the party scene and all that stuff of your your fake friends that you've kind of surround yourself with whether it be a friend a a hanger on a manager whatever who what's the name of like your number one fake friend like who's the person that has remained most attached to you whether that be symbiotic or not Oh, it's uh, it's definitely Brett. Hundred <laughs> percent Brett. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's always Brett. Brett. And, uh, Brett is actually uh, uh, someone we all went to high school with, who's just kind of like clung to my coattails, and uh, we always, everyone, I think, always hated him because he was a dick to like our group. Uh, but for some reason, I, I like took him with me. Love that. And what what does he do for you? Or is, is he just, like, a friend that's just in the posse? Yeah, he's just, like, you know, like, oh, I'm, like, going to be a DJ, and I'm going to blow up any time, bro. Like, I'm in the lab <laughs> cooking up beats. Uh, and, like, I like it's bad, but, like, Jay likes it. He's like, oh, yeah, totally. Brett's going to do it. And, like, he doesn't see the, like, how truly, like, this guy's a leech and is just using you. He, like, Brett's, like, the only thing that's, like, stayed consistent, I guess. And, like, he has that power over him of, like, you, you need me. Love that. Kelly, you were looking for 
uh, stability. And I think 20 years later, you've maybe found some of that. Why hasn't it made you as happy as you hoped it would? And what does that stability look like? So Kelly now, as an adult, is a like emergency rescue patrol worker out in a national park or something. Hell yeah. Cool. Like out in the wilderness sort of rescue missions, which is still very like taking care of chaos and, and trying to like help and fix and stabilize things. And so the way that she has found stability is in her like personal life outside of work. She has very much like a routine that she sticks to. And part of that stability has involved really not building any new relationships. That it's like a, I do my routine. There's enough craziness and chaos in work. I don't want to introduce any new surprises or chaos via any other people. And so she has found stability by being very much alone, sort of opposite of Jay. And that even though it offers her some stability outside of work, it's not satisfying. Is there anyone who takes care of Kelly in any way? Uh, Or is there anyone who even knows that that may be something that she needs? I think Kelly's parents have always been really supportive and and checking in and like lovely and and want to are very genuinely interested when they ask her questions about her life like are you going out and what restaurants are in this town and like what's going on there and keeping me like updated now on Ned and being like oh yeah he's he's doing great made a couple mistakes on the you know, <laughs> invoices, but that's, he's learning. And they're just like the sweetest, loveliest, supportive people. We got audited after he did our taxes, but <laughs> wasn't we so bad. audited is so funny. But they've always just been like really like, oh my God, yes, we remember Ned. Of course you could come work here and, and lovely. Um, and so they constantly are trying to offer support and but Kelly even with them kind of keeps it very like doesn't actually really want to ask anything of them they're there and she knows that but she refuses to take advantage of it okay Carolyn you your character had like maybe wanted to go into the sciences you said that didn't really happen why didn't it happen like what was it about Anna that made it so that you weren't able to like push through in college, weren't able to like achieve some of these dreams. What was like the thing that was holding you back, whether that be external or internal? I think it was like a kind of like a record thing. Like she kind of wound up falling in when they started splitting apart earlier in high school, she wound up kind of falling in with like a bad crowd that was like maybe skipping class and stuff and then maybe like some drug stuff got involved and like she got caught one time maybe Ned was there or maybe it was like (laughs) that time we were on a we were on a like shoplifting or something but I think she got caught and got into a little bit of trouble that like got on her permanent record which is something that happens to real kids in real life that's so unfair just like one 
one small mistake when your brain's not even fully formed for decision making that just like dogs you for the rest of your life and caused I think caused her community and her parents to and her whole family just to kind of think like oh you were so smart but now you're a fuck up and that's how we're gonna see you forever and she and that's how if enough people tell you that's how you are, then you'll start to see yourself like that. So don't listen to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to anybody. Drac. Should I say Enoch? You had that older brother. You had, and everyone's always telling you, you got to be like him. Like, are you going to be a doctor too? And he wasn't necessarily feeding into that. Does that still, like, are you still hearing that from people even 25 years later? And does it still have that sting or is it something you've gotten past? Um, I think I still hear it. So I think at this point, I'm, I think very similar to Kelly. I am like stable financially. I'm probably working like a software engineer, like software development job. De- like I'm getting by, have a family. But I think it's kind of a, a situation where my parents have no clue what that is. Like everyone in everyone's mind, a good job is a lawyer or like a, a doctor. So saying I'm a software engineer, they're like, okay, are you making doctor money like so they they still kind of they still compare him to his older brother Um, you're still being measured on someone else's yardstick yes exactly yeah um i think at this point probably more within the family now so there's more his parents his maybe extended family as well than um anyone else but i still think it's straining their relationship with their parents and with their brother and i even i even imagine their brother probably like reaching out within that 20 year um split and attempting to try and re like reignite like reform that relationship but for whatever reason you know just couldn't get past like the mental roadblock and it just kind of kept getting worse and worse and then you said you had uh you thought you like had a family what is that family unit for you is it like a partner is it partner and kids i think the um partner and i say wife and one kid um, ten-year-old daughter, I'd say, yeah, and and even the relationship there isn't great because I think Enoch is a, has always been a bit of a pushover to an extent where someone's like, you need to be like your older brother, so he put all of his energy into doing that until he had nothing left, mm-hmm. and I think he continued doing that even into the work life where people be like, hey, Enoch, you're great. Here's some extra work for you to do. I know you can <laughs> do it. Can you just get this um dealt with, and they end up taking a lot of his lot of his time and just energy and any spare time he did have. So I think, again, a lot like when he was in school and whenever he'd get back home, he'd just turn off and zone out. There'd be no, like, really socializing or talking much with um, his wife or kid. It was just kind of like a, I'm tired, I'm going to bed, good night. <laughs> and that's it. So even that was a, a bit a bit strained. That's just parenting 101. Just Come on. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> Minimal love and affection. <laughs> What's your daughter's name? Oh, um, my go-to is always Eleanor, but that's because I'm a big Deadpool fan. I'll think of something else. Um, I like that name, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with it. Eleanor. Oh. You like it for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what's what's your brother's name? Uh, my brother's name is probably... Um, Brett. Also <laughs> Brett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The same Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. While we're doing names, can we get Kelly's parents' names? Because I'm sure Ned's on a first name basis with them at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 
They're they've got some classic. They're like Bob and Suzanne. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob classic. and Suzanne for I'll sure. I'll come up with the last name. Just give me a minute on it. But Bob and Suzanne. <laughs> Nathan, does does Ned call them Bob and Suzanne? Does he go to like yeah. Bobby and Suze? Or is it no. or is it still like Mr. and Mrs.? <laughs> it's it's either Bob and Suzanne or Mr. and Mrs. Like sometimes sometimes Ned'll forget where he is in time and be like, oh yeah, Mr. Th- thank you, Mr. Yeah, whatever their last name is. But I think I think most of the time it's you know Suzanne especially is like come it, Suzanne please. You know, she's very love it. She's very. Yeah, they've warm. been trying to get you to call them by their first names yeah. like since the moment they hired you. And yeah, yeah. Slow process. <laughs> Actually, Nathan, for you, what's your kind of like family situation? Are you single? You have a partner? You married? Any kids? Oh, I'm super single. Super yeah. single. That was the yeah. vibe I was getting. Yeah, I think Ned really sort of, if he's not working, he's he's gaming. Like, games are the only thing that makes sense to Ned, because, like, luck and the rules of those are, like, set. And so <laughs> being unlucky in real life doesn't make as much of a difference in the game world it's like you can make your character better you have these stats you can see and you can improve them you can get better gear and it just makes your it makes way more sense to ned than trying to figure out how to be a an an actual person so yeah i think i think ned's like pet project for the coffee shop is to like have like a little board game shelf that uh that people can come (laughs) in and uh and Bob and Susan don't really understand it, but like they they humor Ned, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, you can have you can have some games here, but you're responsible for making sure the people return them." And I feel know. like they Ned- want it to be like Monopoly, yeah, and things. And you're like, "Look at this obscure like game I found." <laughs> Let's like, what that. is this Carcassonne? I don't understand. <laughs> Why are there twenty versions of it? <laughs> No, those are the expansions. Yeah, yeah. No, Ned Ned for sure bought all those games with his own money and like stocks them. And he's just like, I think it's a fun, a fun touch to the beanstalk. I forgot it's the beanstalk. The oh, beanstalk. I fell in love all over again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what's your what's your family situation? Oh, Kelly, real single. I feel like she's very much. Similarly, in finding that like stabilization, she's got like a studio apartment that is very like Scandinavian minimalist where she's like, Mm. if I have few things, then there's even more control over I have over the things and like everything also very much like has a place. Uh, It's very neat and organized. And I feel like she is, yeah, like super single, friendly with her coworkers. But like when they're all like, yeah, we're going to go to the bar and blow off steam. She's like, cool, have fun. Yeah, <laughs> she goes home. <laughs> but it's not like an animosity thing. But yeah, she's very, yeah. Jayamal, what's what's your life look like? Uh, no, yeah, no, no children or or, or partner or anything. Pretty single, just uh, hanging out with Brett and the boys. Uh, Ooh, a dark future indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, Brett have planned for tonight? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and are you can I ask you a question are, since we're all about like 38 in this scenario wrong side of 30 to steal Brian's <laughs> phrase I feel bad about um, saying that do you, <laughs> <laughs> do you are you that's kind of old for an NBA player right yeah he's out of the league he's just living off that league money that he made oh. he's like played overseas for a bit 
like was it yeah after you like retired like retired like got didn't retire but like just got too old for the nba like around 33 32 33 went uh, to the italian league went to the italian league <laughs> went the russian league and then like the spanish league then like you know turkey at some point and now it's like i gotta do something else was he was he good enough like popular enough of a player to get like sponsorship deals like does he is he showing up in in like ads for for stuff Ooh, that's a good question i think he got like sponsored ads and like like south asia and stuff like oh, okay the, cool, the cool. Jeremy Lin was big in like china and stuff the same yeah way, uh jaimal's big in like south asia not like a, a superstar player but like good enough to last a couple like a, a decade of a, of a career nice yeah. It's always so fascinating to me and when athletes like, okay, you're 31, you've achieved your whole life's goal. What it, good luck. <laughs> what do you do good, now? Luck. <laughs> good luck being happy ever again. Hi. <laughs> Anna, what's your what's your home life look like? I think Anna is kind of a serial monogamist and has dated a lot of different women, but none of them work. It doesn't last for more than like three years, really. Because she really has a hard time, like, actually letting people in and is very angry and can have these, like, outbursts where she just, like, storms out and leaves and is not down to talk things through. Never been to therapy. Never going to go to therapy. (laughs) And she just, I think, recently, like, within the past month or so, has broken up with her most recent girlfriend who took their cat also. Oh, no. <laughs> what was the cat's name? Cat's name was oh, Bingus. No. She named it. She named it Bingus no. after. No. <laughs> Jason. She was oh, feeling nostalgic and it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. And she never told the her girlfriend like where that name came from. And the girlfriend even like fought her on it, but Cat's, cat's gone now. I don't name it on cat Bingus. No. Oh, <laughs> did the girlfriend change the cat's name after they broke up? Yeah, and oh, it's um, no. Samantha now. Wow, oh, my God. that's not a cat oh. name. That's a person <laughs> name. <laughs> oh my God, come on. Bewitched. Her girl, her ex girlfriend, is a big Bewitched fan um, and named the cat okay. Samantha. And she was like, "Oh, but Bingus." She's like, "That's not a girl's name." No, <laughs> not gender. <laughs> gender. I barely know her. <laughs> and uh, Anna, what is what's your ex girlfriend's name? Let's have it be Leslie. Leslie. Okay. Cool. Just left me. Leslie left me. And was it a good breakup or was it a bad breakup? It was a bad breakup, but I saw it coming. Okay. She like, she just, after a huge fight, I snapped one day, really, really raised my voice, scared Bingus, our cat, into running under the bed. And she was just like, listen, if you don't go into counseling or whatever, I'm leaving you. You have to deal with this. And I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. And I don't need you in my life. If you're not going to, like, be supportive of me. I also feel like anyone offering Anna an ultimatum, like, is not going to be received well. Yeah. She was just like, no one understands me. You don't understand me. So I don't need you. Love it. So sad. Yeah, I guess I don't love it. I hate it, but it's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I came up with a last name. We're just going real Irish. McIntyre. McIntyre. Oh, McIntyre. Kelly McIntyre. Kelly McIntyre. Kelly, Kelly McIntyre and Bob and Suzanne McIntyre. 
There's a British comedian called Michael McIntyre, and he's really, really funny. <laughs> really like him. So that's where my brain immediately went to. <laughs> <laughs> he's a distant cousin. <laughs> <laughs> No way! What you know, Michael McIntyre? Can, can I have an autograph? Or? <laughs> this is like not really at the you know family reunions and stuff. He thinks he's really cool. Because <laughs> he is Reba. It's because he in is relation Reba. to Reba. Oh God, I forgot about Reba. <laughs> <laughs> She's also a distant cousin. Wow, <laughs> similarly does not large. come. To the family reunions. Yeah. Abby, can you give us a little, little taste of your Reba McIntyre? No, no. Please? Not the place. I'll oh, do it at the end. Okay. <laughs> Just throw it in sometime between now and the end. Listeners, listen up. <laughs> yeah, you That's haven't heard my sweet. voice for Kelly is just Reba back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just going to be Reba. Brian, what's your family life like now? I was just going to yeah. say, this is the time where you guys get to turn it around on me. You guys are, uh, as ever, ahead of the curve. Yeah. I think... Danny took the writing to heart and like did a lot of it and got really good. Maybe not necessarily really good, but got really successful. Has a wife, two kids, like the most standard family. Like if he could have two and a half kids, that's what he would have. I think he ended up taking all of the stories that you guys like made together in this role playing game and just wrote them into a book and oh. sold that book. And it got like really well received. Maybe like cool. 10 years ago. So like all your stories have kind of been like pulled into this book and sold and like made into this this great thing. And it's been like 10 years since then. And he hasn't really written, hasn't released a second thing. Uh, very, uh, who's the name of the wind guy? Patrick Rothfuss. Oh, yeah. Patrick Rothfuss. Right. Like wrote the first book and it's been like seven, 10 years and everyone's still waiting for the next book. No shade to Patrick Rothfuss. I love those books. They're so fucking good. But I do want to read the next <laughs> Can I ask a question of the group? Yeah. Mm. Who among us has read Danny's book? I did. Ned, for sure. I think yeah. I did as well. I hired someone to read it yeah. for me. <laughs> Brett read it. To, to, to <laughs> read it. Wait, 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 wait. Let's just be so clear. So, like, give you, like, a Spark Notes version yeah, of it? To, to read it to you or to read it for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, to read it to me before I went to... Brett would read it to me before I oh, went to bed. Oh, that's... Oh, that's my funny God. funny image. <laughs> this NBA player all tucked into bed while, like, this oh dude bro God. is sitting in, like, a rocking chair reading a book to him. I'm also thinking you're 6'5", your bed's only, like, 5'11". So yeah. You're just just like, down. Down. <laughs> you have a little night. And you still you still got your Nikes on? <laughs> yeah, they never come off. I I actually think so. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm a. I actually think I'm a game developer because I just kind of like that. And I think I probably I probably found out about your book because like company was approached to make it a game, and I was like, wait Ooh. a second, <laughs> I recognize this author and these this character story. Weird. Okay. Cool. And whether or not it actually went followed through with this um, game, I guess you can, you can choose. But I think that's probably why and how I figured out, like, saw your book. That's very cool. It was put on my desk and like, hey, we're going to make a game about this book. I'm like, wait, I, that's my character. That's my character. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess my question is, when you guys read yourself in the books, or in the book, what did you guys think? Like, what was the, was it positive, negative? Wait, related to that question for Danny first, how much liberty 
and artistic license did you take in retelling our tales and how much did you really stick to, or like, I guess similarly of, of an idea of like, did you write about how you saw us and interpreted us versus what we think? Like, what's the difference between your version and how the rest of us might have interpreted the same experience? Or do you think that that's too big a question? No, I think I think you were surprised at how true it like, like you remember like all of the stories. There, there doesn't seem to be like original stories in here. It's just like he he's taken everything that you guys made into the game and made it into like one story. I think if anything, the edges, like the harsh edges that like are found in D&D games were like, oh, we're going to let's go murder hobo on this town for no reason. <laughs> like all of those have been polished off. So all of you actually look more heroic like iconic, you know, paragons of good than maybe you even were because you were like, you know, your teenagers playing a game, like you always like fuck around a little bit and like do the crazy thing. And some of that like craziness and fun and, you know, questionable legality of some moves has been edged off. <laughs> and instead it's more of a like heroic epic. I think Anna's pissed about it. She's <laughs> mad that she got, she feels like cut out and like that was stolen. Like that was our story. And you took it and used it for profit. How dare you? I think Kelly has an opposite opinion of of uh, because she has very much isolated herself. She loves it and has reread it like multiple times and and considers it like a connection to her friends from high school. Yeah, I I think Enoch is. I don't think he really cares much about the profit of it. Um, I just think he thinks it's, it feels weird and kind of shady that you didn't tell us about it. At least from what I'm gathering from what everyone's answers was, it wasn't like your character told us, hey, I published a book about our, story, um, our stories. It was more like we just found it in the wild. And it just kind of, it just kind of, so I think he's kind of pissed off like um, Anna, but more because why didn't you just let us know? We could have like worked together on this or um, at least had some say in all of this, but you didn't, so yeah, a bit bitter. I think uh, uh, Jay, after Brett read it to him, uh, was <laughs> was like sad because he it, like reminded him how much he misses his like old crew of friends and uh, how much he appreciated that time. Um, and Bethan was also real proud of his boy for making uh, a sick book and making money off of it. He's like, good for you, man. What did uh What did Brett think of the book? He had no <laughs> idea what was going on. He was like, "Bro, there's a cyberpunk dude here." He was very confused the entire time. Yeah, the second the genre started to shift a little bit, gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brett, poor sweet Brett. <laughs> uh, Ned, what'd you think? I think it's it's tough for Ned because um, Ned had also wanted to write a book based on the uh, based on the adventure, but just never never got around to doing it so like part of him is it's just like a reminder that like he lacks that follow-through and so it's like it's more just like disappointment in himself that it's like you know i i didn't do it uh danny did do it so you know can't can't be mad at danny for for doing what i what i wasn't able to and also and the thing is it's like it is a collection of some of the the best memories Ned has like the most he's accomplished were like things in that game like the the best times he had in high school were, was playing that game so it's like he loves reading those books but every time it's like 
a little bit painful also because like oh, I I could have written this also, but I didn't. I actually have a question yeah, go for, for, for Daniel as well. You mentioned that it's been like 10 years and you haven't written another book. Is that because of lack of inspiration or you just don't want to? Or I think it's the, vibe? the 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 book that went out that was just um for for the glory of Glorthalion. <laughs> <laughs> it encompassed pretty much every adventure we'd went on. Yeah, and I I think it's you know, I've tried to write, I've like written some stuff and then every time I like send it to like an early reader or an editor they're like oh okay this is yeah we can maybe get this published in like a journal you know some tiny journal somewhere but like when's your next yeah. book like when's your when are you going to do more of Glorthalion when's the sequel so I think like the best thing that's been published is like a New Yorker shouts and murmurs that like wasn't good he just got in because he had a big name yeah and he just kinda... that never happens in publishing <laughs> no 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 yeah it was great. he was surprised by it but I think even even like that thing he was like oh okay I'm you know he, he started feeling good and then realized it was just like a nepotism thing. They were like, oh, this will sell some magazines. Yeah. Okay. Before we dive into playing as these personas, is there anything else anyone wants to add or any questions anyone wants to ask before we kind of step away from the table and come back as our personas? I have a question. I'm kind of struggling with like a profession for my oh, sure. character. I don't know. Something a, someone angry would do for work. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe like pretty sedentary. Like, I don't think she's like a very physical. I think Anna's like pretty afraid to like move around too much just because she doesn't want to be like make herself a target. Yeah. I could see like, like long haul truck driver or like driver of some sort. Yes. Oh my God. I was thinking maybe like an a, like a delivery, like an Amazon person. Sure, delivery driver. Mm, and now yeah. she's like, like mailman, even thinking like even electrician, like working for the oh. port authority. <laughs> you, really, what I was thinking was, was subway driver. A subway driver. Oh my God. Oh, that's fun. Bus I driver, like... taxi cab driver. They get to be mad all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fun. Uber. There's something about a driver whose job is going to be replaced by a drone in the next couple of years. So yeah. either like a self-driving car or yeah. delivery drone. I yeah, love maybe like a delivery driver uh, or something. Yeah, let's say delivery. Let's let's say deli- let's say taxi. That's more fun. And then taxi. she's like, now she's just like all these. I was a taxi driver and now these like Uber kids are coming on with their Google Maps and <laughs> taking my job. <laughs> are you are you a taxi driver in a big city like New York, LA, Chicago? Or are you like a taxi driver that like people still call on the phone to like get a taxi to the airport? <laughs> um, I think I'm in a like moderately sized city. So like okay. maybe like Reno. Okay. Mm. Reno taxi cab driver. <laughs> Sounds like a country song. <laughs> One of Reba's best hits. I was gonna say this is the time we could come in with Reba. <laughs> I missed my moment. You don't, don't have plenty to. More. This could be the moment. So I'll work on lyrics. I won't Damn pay it. any attention to the rest of this. I'll just work on the song and then I'll circle back. <laughs> Kelly's real quiet right now. <laughs> this season of My First Dungeon is produced by Brian Flaherty and Elliot Davis. Editing and sound design by Brian Flaherty. Original theme song by Behold. This episode features the voice talents of Draconics as Enoch, Carolyn Page as Anna, Abby Hepworth as Kelly, 
Shanukt Sarah as Jayamal, Nathan Yaffe as Ned, and Brian Flaherty as Danny and everyone else. Die, the role-playing game, was created by Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans and published by Rowan Rook and Deckard. You can find My First Dungeon online at My First Dungeon on Twitter. And if you like the show, the very best thing you can do is open up your podcast player right now, click follow, and leave us a review. And if you want to play Die yourself, the core rulebook is now available at rowanrookanddeckard.com or at your friendly neighborhood gaming store. That's all for this episode. And as always, remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, all it's Brian. Real quick before you go, if you like this show and you want to support more great seasons, you should head on over to patreon.com slash my first dungeon pod and jump into the dice pool. That's the name of our one and only Patreon tier. That's just $5 where you'll get additional actual plays and extended talkbacks each and every month. We'll see you there. Splash. If you're looking for more great gaming content from everyone here at Many Sided Media, you should consider subscribing to the 20 Sided Newsletter. It's a free, bi-monthly newsletter for people who love games, make games, and just love making games. To subscribe, just go to 20sidednewsletter.substack.com or follow the link in the show notes.